Hey everyone, welcome back to The Gathering Movement. I'm here today with the beautiful, vibrant, just fun, Jen Zash. Welcome, Jen. Thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome. I, I love to give people the backstory of how we met and you and I met online <laughs> in an awesome program called BC and Accelerator. And I don't even know exactly how we connected, probably just energetically drawn to each other. And we had such a beautiful conversation, just getting to know each other. And I just felt instantly connected to you. So I'm just so grateful that we made that connection. Same, same. I think our mission is very, very similar, but it is um, when you just allow for connection without, you know, being in the mind, it's amazing who shows up in our world, isn't it? I totally agree. So you've seen a little bit about the show and what we do. And really, this is a show all about empowerment. It's about sharing voices. It's about sharing powerful stories. And today we called this Mindful Mama's Mission. But I'd love to start a little bit with your backstory of school psychology and how you found yourself in that work to begin with. Yeah, so um, I have since as far back as I can remember, just always been really interested in knowing everybody's story, right? Everybody has the lens in which they see the world. And just since I'm a little girl, I just very much had this yearning. Like I wished that I could just transport into people's lives for, for a day to really be in their shoes. And um, with this real deep understanding that everybody's experiences are unique, while also having this understanding that we all have this sense of shared humanity and that all of that, that wholeness that comes with that is okay and beautiful and um, just allowing people to show up exactly how they are, who they are, and, um, and they are perfect. And so many of us feel broken and like something's wrong or uninteresting. And I just, I certainly don't feel that. And so I think no matter whoever I've met throughout my life has, has, um, you know, felt really comfortable opening up, um, about their story, about their journey, about their hardships. And, um, and I just love hearing it, you know, similar to you and in this interview kind of format, you really, my, my best friends growing up since I'm seven years old are all still best friends, um, have always termed me the interviewer. And <laughs> it's just like looking back now, I didn't necessarily have that intention, um, but I do, I love to be fully present with whoever I am with. And um, yeah, and so I think just that, um, that container has naturally invited people to share their stories and their hardships and their and their deepest darkest secrets and and problems, I guess you could say. And so um, early on in life, I was I was doing suicide assessments, and so like just it kind of naturally happens where you know you only find out about so many career paths, I think. You know? <laughs> And so I was like, oh, psychologist, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. And uh, both my parents were in the educational world, and I had an, have an uncle who had been a school psychologist, so it kind of married all of my interests. I loved high school myself, and I was also very aware that things came pretty easily to me and that it didn't necessarily come easily to a lot of other people. And just this understanding that, like, um, I'm blessed and... Um, 
I was always very grateful. And that now we know that that is really the number one predictor of like wellness. And so um, all of the, I think that just all of that kind of pulled people towards me and it just naturally progressed to becoming a school psychologist, which I've been for 20 years. Um, I've worked with little ones. I was a preschool teacher actually while I was in graduate school. Um, I worked as a college assistant professor. Um, but then predominantly in the last 20 years, I've been in a public school, one of the best in the world, actually high achieving. Um, you know, you learn in grad school best practices. It's as close as you're going to get. Uh, great kids, amazing staff, um, but a lot of a lot of pressure. And I think that's also the world we live in. And so um, I've just seen over 20 years, the, the, the levels of anxiety and the depression and this competition, uh, rather than this uh, and doing like excessive manic sort of sense of doing instead of just being, um, I've seen children, dare I say, sort of like lose their childhood. And, mm-hmm. um, and it just, from the moment I sort of entered the world of education with the lens of an educator and not a student myself, I just, I couldn't believe how different the experience was from my own experience. And so, um, you know, fast forward to then becoming a mom myself. Um, I have a 10 year old and a 12 year old and both in my roles as a psychologist, as well as a mom. And I'm also a mindfulness instructor and infant sleep trainer, a life coach of a number of different hats I wear. And in all of my roles, whether I'm working with children or adults, it's like helping people to kind of re reclaim that, that sense of, awe and finding that 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 where joy um lies um there's so many high school students because i've been at the high school level for the last 14 years where i try to help them reconnect with that they're just working so hard to achieve and scores and outcome results and you know it, it broke my heart but very often it took them going back to their earliest childhood memories to remember even what true joy and bliss was like and so um, this past year and a half, I guess it's been about, right, COVID, the COVID pause, I call it, everything stopped, as we all know. And I was working, I was supposed to call this from home, like so many of us were, from March until the end of the school year. And I had time to really reflect and, and pause and think like, okay, I'm not showing up for my own children, number one, in the way that I want to be doing, because... Um, my work, which I love being a school psychologist, but it is exhausting. It's like, you know, it, it takes a lot and I give a hundred million percent. And um, we didn't know what was going to happen in the world. And I knew that I wanted to just take it day by day and be home for my own children. So I took a personal leave this year, which uh, led me to create a program for moms uh, called the Mindful Mama Mastermind. It is a uh, parenting program that marries mindfulness uh, with parenting and education and psychology and basically all of the skills and, and expertise that I've learned over 20 years. And in real time, I meet uh, with a community of moms. And it has been so empowering for for them um, because I think mom, moms don't do for themselves. They're doing for everybody else constantly. And so I, I would be hard pressed to come up with even one mother who didn't, when I say like, I got your back, um, 
every one of them is like, well, you're, you're probably the only one, you know, and that just is like, oh, you know, mm -hmm. and so, and we all think we're so messed up as moms and screwing up our kids. And so for them to be in this container and hear, wow, I actually like, and realize I'm doing an amazing job and I am a good mom. And then I help them just kind of tweak certain things so that they can show up differently and actually really enjoy being a parent. And so, um, you know, every mom I work with said, you know, you said it would transform my life, but like it really, and in ways that, cause then when we show up for ourselves, what else happens and shows up just naturally, then they find the things that brought them joy early on in their life very often. And we rekindle that. And so it's just been so empowering uh, for these moms and for myself as a mom and to be able to lead this group and this program has been, just incredible. And I, I wish I had something like that when my kids were, were little, because I mean, they are still young, 10 and 12, but my really rough patch was when they were itty bitties. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I felt really broken and really alone. And uh, I will, I want every mother to be able to have a group of like-minded, badass, awesome moms that they can just be themselves with and then also get expert advice in real time with whatever is going on with their children, with their family, with themselves, rather than go into a random Facebook group and ask strangers like, well, what should I do when, you know, some serious situation comes up with their kid as I'm reading this, like, oh my gosh, you know, and with the best of intentions, there's really good people out there, but a lot of times psychological advice and guidance is counterintuitive. And so, um, yeah, so to be able to just kind of put all of that together in a, uh, in a program has been like surreal, really. Um, so. yeah. There's so many different things I want to talk about. You know, we have like the mindfulness mm -hmm. aspect, but something that's coming to me is like you started your work working with children. And now you are also working with the adults. And I see everything like parent and child relationship, probably like a mirror. So I'm curious, it's not just the parents who you're working with or the mothers who you're working with, but how has your work with them impacted their parenting or their children? Great question. Thank you for asking that. Um, it has, so I've worked with kids, obviously, one-on-one -on -one and also in a consultant fashion with teachers, with parents in my role as a school psychologist. Um, in this role, working with parents and on a uh, weekly, even more than weekly basis, it has transformed not only how their child shows up in the world, but the relationship, the family dynamics more so, uh, exponentially more so than when I've worked with children one-to-one. Which has been so fascinating and actually like just wonderful in so many ways because I think it empowers moms to feel like I don't need to necessarily. I'm not saying that there's not a place for therapists and specialists. There certainly there certainly is a place for that. But moms have they know their kids better than anybody. And when when they can tap into that and get that affirmation, um, like I said, with just some guidance, then they they feel more confident as a mom, which then their child feels. And then they, the key is attunement. So then they can attune to their child because they get out of their head and they just instinctually know, right? It's, it's their mother's instinct. So they then know what their child needs. And then it's just this beautiful flow um, 
where they don't have to read every book and do every course because they start to just, and, I, and it was beautiful to see the progression in the 12 weeks that I've worked with these moms where early on, you know, they're, we're, we are so in our heads and there are skills to learn, certainly. But, you know, about the halfway mark, they will catch themselves and say, like, I know I don't even need to reach out because I know what I need to do and I know what my kid needs. It's a matter of really going inward and recognizing, like, what their, what their own triggers are, how they were parented. And once they are able to do that, then they can regulate. And once they regulate, because I'm also teaching them about mindfulness, then their child picks up that energy and the child becomes regulated. The whole family becomes regulated. And that shifts everything for, for good. Then, then you're really forever transformed. And even if, even when the program ends, um, so maybe you're not having that constant accountability, they then know how to come back, you know, because now they have the tools. Um, so I hope that, that answers your, your question. It does. And it reminds me of something that you said when we first started that you were seeing a lot of the kids just feeling so pressured, so overwhelmed with school and tests and, you know, SATs and getting into college. And when we start to bring joy and gratitude to the parent, I'm sure that that then reflects to the child and maybe they start to just enjoy life a little bit more because I remember that time too, it being like, you must get a good grade on this. You must be applying to colleges. It was a little bit of we forgot that what it meant to just like live and just have fun and i'm redefining that for myself right now but i'm mm. i'm curious i bet that you saw that too i love that and you just hit the nail on the head because it's it's huge i've never looked at my children's report cards and i'm a seventh grader and a fifth grader <laughs> i mean and that's true and so every parent teacher conference i show up and the teacher says i'm sure you've seen this and i nope you know, because our report card is kindness. The one rule that we have in our house is, is to be kind. We live by family values, not goals and rules, um, but rather intentions and, and family values that we come up with for our family, what kind of is going gonna, is gonna to guide us. And grades and outcomes is not, it's not where it's at, you know, and my kids know that. And they, um, and their dad feels differently and that's okay. Um you know, it's not about like pushing our agenda. It's about exposing different ways of looking at the world and situations. And yes, I think my way is the better way. But no, I mean, we all know. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. And it, you know what, but there's something to be said for how he shows up and, and them learning that there are different perspectives. And then they're going to have to find their own way. And that's kind of the last part of my program, too, is like, looking towards the future and recognizing that this is our child's own journey. And we, as, our, as parents, want to uh, protect and we think we know best, but we don't. They actually know so much more than we do. And there, you know, Dr. Shafali does a lot of beautiful work in the world of parenting. And, you know, she views children as like our spiritual teachers. And I very much feel the same way because I have 
um, I've learned the greatest lessons through my, through the eyes of my children and their experiences. And they know how to live in the present moment way more than grownups do. And their, their divergent thinking, their innovation, their creativity is so much more um, stellar than grownups who, according to the research, lose it when we go into a traditional model of education. Mm-hmm. So... You know, it's really, it's it's pretty incredible. And so, yes, I think it is critical um, in my work with the parents to, through, through mindfulness, yes, showing up differently. But then the other big part of it, too, is because I am an educator and very much a researcher, um, there is a ton of research out there in the world of education and a lot of misinformation. So parents with the best of intentions think that they need to put their children in a million different activities and put them in AP courses and start them in SAT classes and Saturday classes, you know, by the time they're three. And that's simply not true. And um, and having worked with colleges now and, and some of the best, um, that's not what they're looking for either. So when parents learn really uh, the, the research, it's very, very empowering and um, it gives them a sense of release because it actually takes the pressure off because because parents, like I said, really, really want what's best for their children. And even if it may not appear that way to some people, I do really believe that, um, but it's not about the grades. Like for instance, um, just to kind of give a, a quick example, there's, uh, there was a study done where they had children read uh, an excerpt and then they had a, another group read the same excerpt, but one group they told the kids, you're going to be tested at the end of it. And the other group, they just said, just, you know, read it. And the group that read it without the idea that they were going to be tested actually took the test as well and performed significantly better. <laughs> um, so that's just one example of many that really just illustrate um, or at least get you thinking, hopefully, about just testing in general and outcomes education and and, kind of, and all of that really you know and um yeah so teaching parents about that has also been really really helpful mm. this is so interesting uh, as you're talking i'm reflecting on a paper i wrote in high school and it was about how i thought that the sats were a poor indicator of intelligence and true knowledge and true wisdom <laughs> amazing I love that so I've always been the the person who like somehow saw beyond but my my question going forward is you know I'm married and my husband and I think about having kids one day and I ironically was walking at a park and it was a random like book drive or book drop off pickup kind of thing I picked Mm -hmm. up the book and it was called Bringing Home Bebe or Bringing Up Bebe. And it's a, a French parenting book. Mm. And she compares French versus American parenting. It's very, very interesting. And I'm finding it just uh, really eye-opening different parenting styles, different education models. And I'm really curious what you think is like the future of education. You said that you're writing a little bit of a a book on this now. So I want to hear your thoughts on this. Like, what's the future of this look like for us? Yeah. So I think that um, I view the caretaker as the educator and the parent. So, you know, educators now have to wear so many different hats. And so do we as mom, especially 
right, in the face of COVID, where moms were then also teachers as well, right, and still are a lot of them, which is why the timing of my program is just like essential. Um, but I do, I think that the paradigm of education is going to, to shift. I think everything's going to shift. And in my world as a psychologist, it sounds kind of, um, you know, psychotic, but I, I, look forward to people hit, hitting rock bottom because that's usually the only time people make change. Yep. So I, um, I've called this sort of our rock bottom revolution because as this global, you know, it's a global phenomenon, right? This, this pandemic. And I don't know if by you, you had like the rainbows, but I'm in New York and everybody had little rainbows in their windows of like, we're all in this. Oh, okay. So it was this, we're all in this together mm -hmm. and this, and the rainbows. And it was very, it was this like very comforting uh, community sense. And, you know, being in New York too, like I, I remember September 11th very, very vividly. And so it pulls us together um, these difficult times as well. So both on an individual level and collectively, um, these difficult times not only make us pause, but they also, um, there's this sense of like, okay, we're in this together, I'm not alone. And, um, and that does fade, but my hope is that it doesn't. Um, and so, this is a, an awakening as I see it. And I'm co-authoring a book for the new paradigm of education with educators from around the world that's going to launch in, uh, we're aiming for July, but we're organically even creating this book, co-creating it. And we want it to sort of mirror what, what we hope education to look like um, a new model. And there's already very different models of parenting as we brought up and very different models of education. So we have like Montessori education, we have mm -hmm. um, some of the authors, we have a, a parent who is, who teaches through the guise of world education, and we have someone who homeschools. And so there's all these different models out there. But again, same thing with parenting. There is, um, you know, more of that traditional model of how a lot of us grew up, um, you know, that authoritarian, like I know better as the parent, and this is what you need to do. and there is no talking back and strong grades and study and, and a very different, um, and I know this will resonate with you too, this idea of redefining success, right? And so um, I think how we define success as an educator and as a parent is really what it kind of comes down to. So in my home and in my role as school psychologist, I see success as somebody being able to, that child being able to show up authentically as themselves, day in and day out, being accepted um, in that in that way, surrounding themselves by people who allow for that to celebrate their wholeness. And then in terms of education and parenting, and this is the way I operate in both fashions, is, is really letting the child take the lead. And so exposing them to different things, whether that's in a classroom or at home, I expose my children to different types of sports and art and different things, but I, I let them see where their soul comes alive. And then, you know, kind of stay on that course. And so like my children are really into like entrepreneurship. And so it's, yeah, I know, I love it. 
And so, and, and challenging the status quo. I don't know where they get that from. And so like, of course I, I nurture that. Yes, I'm a little bit, you know, biased, but I nurture that. And those kinds of things are not that commonplace, you know, like a lot of kids are doing sports and, and things like that. You don't see too many children like who are really in that entrepreneurial world or, um, or even they wrote part of the book too about challenging sort of the status quo of education. I know it's so cool. <laughs> and so I, I really, you know, support all of that. And I try to um, have that, that mentality. And I feel like I always need to amp up the power of play. And I naturally have a very playful uh, personality and I'm always barefoot and having lip clean fights with them. But most of the parents that I work with, you know, cringe when I tell them those kinds of things. That's just not how they are and that's fine. So helping educators and parents show up authentically as themselves, but finding and rediscovering really play and joy in a way that's still authentic to themselves. And again, our children help us do that. And so even my most like conservative moms that I've worked with who, you know, they don't even know what to do with their kids when they have like one-to-one -one time because that's part of the program too. Um, so I give them some ideas, but they're surprised at then once their child does take the lead, how much they actually really enjoy it themselves, whether it's playing heads up or just uh, doing art or getting dirty um, outside and playing those games. It's just, it's new. Our brains don't like new usually, um, but that's why the coaching is so powerful um, because I give them that accountability, but in a gentle, loving way, meeting them where they're at. Mm. I love this conversation and I love people who challenge the status quo. I think it's a really healthy thing and I think it's great that we can encourage our children to think outside of the box too and appreciate different perspectives. Like you said before, I think it really is, really is important. And as we wrap up this conversation, um, two last questions. Number one, what is your, your biggest message to mothers these days? What do you think that they really need to hear? Oh, that just made me want to cry. Mm. I think they need to hear that that you're doing an amazing job, that you are the best mom, that your children think you are incredible. And get me up there. <laughs> you know, I just, I wanna hug every mom out there and I want them to be kind to themselves. You know, every week I have my moms that I work with like, come before we talk about any of the, any problems, any questions, just like, what was a win that you had? And they really start, it's so beautiful to see the gift as they start paying attention to how freaking amazing they are, it, then it starts to become something new. So just start paying attention to all that you do. That's just even being you, you know, showing up every day because there's, it's the only job that is 24 seven, 365 days a year. So you are killing it. That's what I want moms to hear. <laughs> So true. And mom, if you're listening, my mom's listening. I love you. Uh, <laughs> love you, mom. I love too. Love you. And last but not least, how can people connect with you? How can moms connect with you if, they, if they're feeling so drawn to this, if they need some love and support and just your energy? 
Yeah, thank you. So uh, Jen Zash, J-E-N-Z-A-S-H.com uh, is my website. And on there, I have all of my contact information and my personal cell is there. Um, if you text me, Gathering Movement, too, I will give you a free consult, um, especially if you're a mama and you're in need of uh, some quick boost of, of self-love, um, then I got you. Mm. Thank you so much. I am so grateful that we could have this conversation. I have so many more questions, so maybe we'll we'll do a round two of parenting and yeah, all this all this jazz. I love this. I'm so grateful for you, Jen. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for for having me. It means the world, and thank you for all of the the good that you do every day in this world because it is uh, for all your listeners what what this woman does every single day to make this world a better place is is hard to put into words. So thank you for everything that you do. Thank you, Jen. Thank you, Jen. Thank you, Jen. And thank you everyone who supports this mission of empowering other people, of sharing powerful stories. I love you all. And I hope everyone has a beautiful week ahead. See you later. Bye. -bye.